0: All right. So, start in constructive rest or that shape they call shavasana, aka lying down. <laughs> it's the same concept as earlier in the sense of moving from the external to the internal. And perhaps not jumping steps just to get to the breath so quickly. You'd be noticing the temperature of the room, the sound of the AC which I will turn up eventually if it gets too cold. You can move from all those things that are external to the more internal or more personal portion of things, noticing the body's contact with the floor, maybe your energy level. and then eventually noticing the breath. So your breath and then present moment awareness of it, and even just that one focal point over the course of minutes, compared to earlier today to now, compared to moments throughout this next hour or so, it will change. Now, if it was something where the breath was fairly pleasant, you would say, well, okay, it's not always going to be that pleasant. If it was moving more quickly, okay, that's fine. But if it was causing you some sort of anxiety or some sort of injurious moment, then it would be to back away from that. Same with the rest of practice. You can play with the ideas the mind settles on your breath with deepening it, we're expanding it. The floor is under the back of your rib cage, so perhaps exploring what it's like to try to breathe and expand the back portion of the rib cage. Maybe that doesn't work. You can go to just breathing into another location or allowing the breath back, settle back to where it was. Begin to notice the shape of the spine in relation to the floor. So gravity, of course, is acting on your head and pulling it down to the floor, where it may not sit in relation to the rest of your body when you're standing. But you can pay attention to the distance away from your chest that your chin has. So how far away does that feel like it is? If you were to lift the chin up some to rock on the back of the head a bit move the chin away from the chest and if you were to lift your head up away from the floor and duck your chin to your chest the distance between those two points would change so with the head just resting on the floor just notice how far that is sometimes it helps to make a little marker and put a thumb on your chin or your index finger on your chin spread your thumb away from that point and then mark how far down on your chest you end up. So how far is the span from chin to chest for you? Once you have that set, then just notice the shape of the lower back. Now here in constructive rest, it may change in a moment when you take your legs out. So what does the lower back feel like in relation to the floor? And then stretch your legs out and if you're Once you get your legs out, the wall is too close or too far. Adjust forward or back so that you have some traction on the wall. It should be fairly easy to press into the wall with the feet at floor height. So Sarah, scooch those down below the baseboard. Yeah, there you go. And Orla, you too, take your heels down so that they're on the floor. Yeah, 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 there you go. So now the lower back in a new shape, perhaps. Maybe not. That's personal. But the chin and chest, probably the same distance away from one another. So now, skeleton in terms of spine in place in a neutral way for you. If your arms are in another place other than your sides, take your arms to your sides and turn your palms up, just to make it easy. And now play with taking the legs fairly close together, as close together as they'll go for you. And just notice how that feels. Does that feel wise in the hip joint? Does that feel wise in the knees, the lower back, the feet? Would it feel stable if you were to stand up with your feet that close? And start to scoot them perhaps away from one another until it feels like your heels are roughly the distance apart of your hip joint. And if you were to be standing, it would feel very stable. Now start to play with where does it feel like the feet need to face? And you can work right leg then left, or both legs at the same time, but if you had to turn your knees to face fairly straight up, would you turn the feet in a bit or out a bit to make that happen? Now if you're a visual person, once you get the feet situated, and you make sure that there's no weird sensation in the knees or the hip, groin, lower back, Then maybe look up at your feet. And if they're asymmetrical or turned out or straightforward, then just notice that So see where they are once you stand eventually. And then head back down. So start playing with the muscles in the legs. So you're stuck to a sticky mat, but press the balls of the feet into the wall so that the heels, in effort, move away from the wall. So where are the muscles that make that happen? And then let that relax some. And then push the heels into the wall, see if you get the balls of the feet at least in effort to pull away from the wall. Where are the muscles that do that? Once you figure that out, relax. What's it like to press into the inside edge of the foot? Where are the muscles that would take the base of the big toe, the inner edge of the heel down towards the wall? And then play with where the opposing set are, where's the outer edge muscles, the pinky toe side, press that into the wall. And then relax that. And then go up a little bit higher, press your heels down into the floor. As you push your heels down into the floor, you may find the backs of the legs, the hamstring, the calf. Push the heels down into the floor and think about dragging them towards you. And you might get some muscles up a little bit higher than that to work. And it also might not feel like much, depends. Then do the opposite. Relax that. Push the thighs down. Maybe the heels, depending on your legs, lift up away from the floor some. But find the quads, the knee straighteners in the front of the thigh. And then relax that. And then go. The inside edge of the leg now, up high. What's it like to squeeze the legs together in effort? So even though they're a distance apart, what's it like to pull them towards one another? And then fix the feet to, wall, to the wall and see what it's like to press the legs away from one another. Where are the muscles in the outer hips? Can you find them? And then relax. Now you start to let all of those muscles work together. Just start by firing them one at a time and eventually come to some degree of balance. The idea is to anchor the feet fairly evenly to the wall. Start with the press the ball of the foot into the wall muscles, then the pull the ball of the foot away from the wall muscles, pressing the inside edge of the foot, the outside edge of the foot until the feet start to even out, and then go up higher into the knee straighteners, Quads. We'll be press the thighs down towards the floor, and at the same time, you can press the knees up away from the floor, fire hamstring, calf, and then squeeze in, press out with the hip muscles, and eventually, perhaps it'll feel like there's just a tremendous amount of work in the legs. And then hold on to that and take a breath in, and as you exhale, consider the idea of narrowing the sides of the waist or what would initiate a cough, or a laugh, or a sneeze. Just enough of that that you're still breathing, not creating anxiety in any way. And arms just draped down at your sides. There's tremendous work in the legs, and all the way up through the waist. Noticing all the points on the ground that are touching, all the things that are moving away from the ground, back of heels, perhaps backs of knees, lower back. Neck, marking that in your mind, and then when you're ready, you can hug your knees in and get yourself up to standing however you like. Once you're up, standing, it will be to position the feet and face the windows, or you can face the middle of the room. It doesn't matter to me. It'll be all right. What distance apart do my feet need to be to feel like my heels are under my hips? Is there an asymmetry in the direction that the feet face? Do they face forward? Do they face out, in? Let your arms hang at your sides. And go up a little higher and start with the spine. So back of head, chin distance away from chest. Tipping the pelvis forward or back until your lower back gets to your neutral. Now that the skeleton's in place, go down lower and we'll start to work muscles of the legs. So front of the foot, back of the foot, inside edge, outside edge, all from working the lower leg muscles. And if at a certain point it feels like, ooh, as I stabilize my skeleton, this is hurting my knees or your lower back, then adapt the feet some. Cramp? No, me. Anybody? Hmm. Weird. I'm sure it'll go. Now go up higher into the fronts of the thighs, the backs of the thighs. So straighten the knees, but press the back of the knee forward like you were going to bend them in effort alone. Squeeze in with the thighs, press out. Now, be gentle with that. It's Things to pay attention to. The idea would be to stabilize the skeleton in space, but nobody stands like this, so get overzealous with it in any way. And go up higher and find the sides of the waist, that hug the sides of the waist in. Allow the gaze to settle. You can close the eyes if you like. And then compare and contrast. You can go from standing with a tremendous amount of effort to standing in the same skeletal position, but let the muscles relax. You can fire them again, turn them back on, see what that's like. And then turn them off. And then you start to play with the idea of Well, which one would make it easier for you to hold the pelvis and the leg steady as the arms moved around? And hopefully it would be the more stable leg would allow you to move the arms without the rest of the body shifting in space. And then from there, you lie yourself back down however you like. This time, you put your feet on the wall or not. It's up to you. If you like the anchor of the wall, then put your feet on the wall. If you don't care to, then you can lie with your legs outstretched to the middle of the room instead. But just scoot away from the wall enough that your arms can go overhead. Once you're all the way down on your back, outstretch your legs again and take your arms to your sides. Get your skeleton situated in space first. Palms up, feet the distance apart. That works for you. And then starting from the lower leg, begin to stabilize. So point the knees fairly straight up. They can turn in or out a little if it's not working. Flex the ankles in effort. Create the work of the lower leg, the upper leg, the hip sides of the waist now allow an inhale to move in so that you feel it move up into the chest unless that creates some sort of anxiety you'll feel the back of the ribcage shift away from the pelvis and maybe the lower back feels like it moves towards the floor maybe not but if that's the experience then just know the inhale as you move the breath in and out now inhale exhale the full inhale will lift the back of the ribcage up away from the pelvis making more space at the waist. And take the arms up to the ceiling, stack them over top of your shoulders. Once they're stacked over top of your shoulders, turn your bicep to face fairly straight back to the wall behind your head or to the middle of the room, depending on where you're lying. If you need your eyes, you can look at your eyes or look with your eyes at your arms and get your elbows to roughly shoulder distance apart. Now the elbows are straight. Hold them there by firing the muscles in the back of the arm. Tricep. Now keep the elbows straight in position, but flex your bicep like you were going to bend the elbows, but don't actually let them bend. Now keep the arms shoulder distance apart, but squeeze them together in effort. And then press them apart in effort. Now, all of you forgot you have legs. Go back to flexing the ankle, stabilizing the leg, stabilizing the hip joint. Now reach up for the ceiling so you feel the shoulder blades widen away from the midline some. And then as you exhale, bring the shoulder blades back to where they began. And then do that again. Inhale, reach up, and now this time take the arms up and overhead a few degrees. And as you exhale, return them back to where you started. And then keep going with that, working the musculature in the front and the back of the arm. If you feel like the arms are too narrow, widen them. If it feels like you're getting stuck before you get to your cheeks, try reaching back. If it feels like your back body or the lower back is arching more, then as the arms come up and overhead, reach and see if you can scooch the back ribs away from your waist. Sticky mat makes a problem. Now the further you go, eventually the end point would be to take the arms by the cheeks without allowing the pelvis or the rib cage to tip one way or the other. It would be to try to lengthen the side body out and to reach back. And if you get to that place where that's the edge of your range of motion, then just stay there and reach the elbows straight, stretch back and think about the wall that was underneath your feet, press your feet into said imaginary wall. Activate the legs. And then again, just notice where all of that is in space. The arms are overhead. What's touching the ground? Where are the arms in relation to your head and floor? And then eventually, you can hug your knees in, rock yourself up and over, and stand. Take your time to get there, and set yourself up in mountain pose, or tadasana, as they say. Once you're up, Tadasana, first it'll be to set up your skeleton, feet width, feet turn out, arms by your sides, then go up to the spine, so pelvis, neck, neutral for you. And then it'll begin to stabilize, so lower leg muscles, thighs, hips. Then bring your arms forward and up just to shoulder height. Even there, you can think waist narrowing. Once the arms are up, forward, and up at shoulder height, fire bicep, tricep, stabilize the upper arms. Elbows roughly shoulder distance apart, biceps turned up. Now, forklift. Reach. Reach and feel the rib cage or the shoulder blades wrap the rib cage. And then up and over the head a little bit. And you can bring them back down to shoulder height. And then keep going. So how do you stabilize the pelvis, stabilize the legs, and let the arms move up and over without impacting anything but the ribcage picking up and the shoulders? Find the muscles that allow you to keep the shoulder in. Neutral in terms of its rotation, the muscles in the front and back of the arms that stabilize the elbow because they'll matter later. And then when you figure out how to get to your cheeks, maybe you stop and stay and reach up. Turn, reach. about touching the ceiling or what you would do if you were hanging from a, let's say, chin-up bar. There we go. And once you stay, notice where you are in space. And then this time consider taking the arms all the way down to your sides and then all the way forward and up to full range. And if as they get up overhead you want to look up and let the chin move away from the chest slightly or move the arms towards one another, You're pressing your palms together and reaching up, you're always welcome to do that as long as that comes from the neck and not the lower back. One more time. And you're up overhead, you can always consider reaching up and holding. Now, if there's pain in the shoulder or the lower back, knees, anywhere like that, you get out of it. Good. And then back down. All right. And then lie yourself down, this time in constructive rest with your feet on the, well, you can do it in the center of the room. So lie down, feet on the you don't have to have them on the wall, just constructive rest. So how do you take your arms overhead now? How do you fold the hip? So once you're down in constructive rest, you have your arms wherever you like. Feet roughly your distance apart. So here the hip is already folded. Pick your right foot up off of the floor and straighten your right knee Keep the thighs parallel in space or keep the knees at the same height away from the floor. Now once this right knee is straight, stabilize the ankle as if you were standing on that foot. Stabilize the leg as if you were standing on the leg, except the hip is folded. Now if you're tactile, you can always put your hand in the right hip crease. But keep the right hip crease folded to the degree it is. See if you can bend the knee until the shin is parallel with the floor without it affecting the hip. And then re-straighten the knee. Now go in and out. Can you figure out how to bend the knee and straighten the knee without folding and unfolding the hip? Just leaving the hip where it is. It's not easy work. It takes a moment to figure out. So how do you hold certain things still and move others? Now if it hurts, stop doing that. Change it. Now, when you figure out this leg and how to bend and straighten the knee, eventually keep the knee straight. And then start to take the leg down towards the floor with the knee straight this time. And take the right leg down. If the spine needs to change shape and arch a little bit, go ahead. But how do you keep the right knee straight and unfold the hip to zero? Just like you were standing in Tadasana on the right side. And then bring that right leg back up to where you started. Now, as you come up, resist. Imagine you are pulling the leg through that potato soup from lunch. And then bring it back down to the ground. So how do you unfold and fold the hip? How do you do that without it impacting the knee? And then eventually, perhaps, it's like, well, I don't really like doing this with a straight knee, so maybe you combine the two together, bending the knee and folding the hip simultaneously until the thighs are parallel in space, and maybe the shin is parallel with the floor. And then how do you accordion unfold that so that eventually the heel grazes the ground out in front of you? You Go in and out, like reclined marching, you could say. Now what if there was a wall underneath that foot? Push the wall away from you as it came out and then pull the leg away from you as it comes in. And when you figured out the right one, eventually go to the left and it'll be figure out how to straighten and bend the left knee first. Then figure out how to extend and flex the hip second and then how to do both. Of course you can do this with passive set of muscles for the most part, or you can do it with lots of work. Actually, you get this left leg all figured out, no rush. You can take both legs out onto the ground like you were lying down in mountain pose. Now you may need to hold on to the edges of your mat just for a little bit of traction. You also may not need to. Once both legs are out, stabilize the legs. Toes up. Stabilize all the way from lower through upper through waist. Now perhaps you have a little bit more of an arch in the spine here, that's fine. It will diminish as the legs come in. The idea will be to go from here, bending the knee and folding the hip until you get back to that position where the knees are perhaps this time stacked over the hip and the shins are parallel to the floor. So go from tadasana to knees bent to 90, hip bent to 90. And see if you can consider doing it with both legs at the same time. Now, that may be very, very difficult, so maybe you do one leg at a time. The fixed object here is the pelvis and the torso and the head. Standing up, it'll be the feet and the legs, and the pelvis and torso will move around the hip. And then unfold the legs back out onto the floor. So where are the trunk muscles that hold the spine fairly neutral? And perhaps you try it one more time. What is it like to lift these legs up away from the floor? Bending the knee and folding the hip. And if you stabilize the legs first, you may find the ability to do it. Flex the ankles, squeeze in, press out. Belly. There we go. Yep. Good. Okay. And then once you have that figured out, hug your knees into your chest and come up to standing. So stand in your version of mountain pose again. Set your skeleton up first, your bones up first. And then this time we'll just do hands on hips because it'll be easier than having creepy arms out to your sides. But Once your feet are set up, once the spine is set up, hands can go to your hips. Stabilize the legs, stabilize the waist. A big indicator of this will be notice when you're lying down the neck stayed neutral the whole time. Here you may have the inclination to lift the chin or to duck the chin. Keep the neck neutral. So start just by tipping the pelvis and the torso forward at the hip. So fold the hip maybe 20 degrees. So she'll go out behind you a bit. The spine will stay fairly neutral otherwise. Lean on forward. And then unfold that, standing on back up. So start to fold a little bit at a time from the hip. Then eventually you'll start to add the knees bending them. Folding the hip, bending the knee, folding the, unfolding those two joint regions. If you're tactile, definitely put one hand on the lower back, one on the abdomen, just to see is the spine changing, or maybe finger on the chin, finger on the chest, is the neck changing. Even though it's easy to use gravity to fold you, can you use the hip flexor group? Even though the glutes and hamstrings are relaxing as you fold over, can you just turn the volume down on them, not off? Now eventually, get the hip to fold to roughly 90, and the knees to bend a significant amount around that. For some of you, they'll bend to 90 because the ankles will do that. For some of you, they won't. And then unfold. Now go in and out, folding the hip to 90. If you want to put your hand in the hip crease to see where 90 is roughly, go ahead. The rest of the spine will stay fairly neutral. You can also play with the idea when you're down of holding. And maybe when you're holding, take the arms, reach them out of the shoulder at a 90 degree angle, and then up overhead, like you did standing. And use the arms to reach up so that you pull the rib cage up off of the pelvis, so that even though as the pelvis is sinking down, the legs are resisting gravity, the upper body is reaching and pulling the upper body away from the floor. Remember the biceps and triceps, straighten your elbows, work your arms. And then up you go, and we could call this going from standing to chair pose. So on your way down the next time, feel free to combine the efforts. You want to bend the knees, fold the hip, reach the arms forward and up into chair. You do that. Otherwise, you can keep hands on your hips if you don't like the arms overhead part. But the way you moved your arms before, don't forget that part. Flex the bicep and tricep, keep your elbows straight. This would be like doing a standing up version of down dog, technically. So what would that be like? Next time you come out, no rush, and let the arms come down and grab your two blocks and set them up in front of you, the tall height. I think those weird. Do you need one? Oh, no, there's two. So set them up roughly shoulder distance apart, just right in front of you, the tallest height they'll go. You don't put them too far away, pretty close to your toes and then set up Mountain Pose behind them. Start to combine these together. So, feet the distance apart, your personal skeletal position for your spine. And as you breathe, take the arms, reach them up to shoulder height, work the upper arm muscles, and then take them up overhead, reach. Now, if you go from here, bring your hands through the center in prayer, bring your hands back down to your hips, but fold the hip, fold the knee, and down into that bent knee version of chair pose. Now, perhaps your hip will fold a little further than that. If it will, let the pelvis tip a bit more forward, and then bring your hands down to the blocks. Now, if your elbows are bent once you get there, you're welcome to turn them down a notch. If they're not, then just leave them at the tall height. Now hip is folded, hip is maxed out. The elbows will bend, but see what happens when you let the abdomen pull back and the torso fold over the thighs. If that creates pain in the lower back or funny sensations around the sit bones or the backs of the knees, then come back up the higher instead. Maybe you let the gaze turn down, the neck unneutralized. You can play with the idea of straightening the knees out a tiny bit, but if that just puts sensation in the backs of the knees of the sit bones or SI joints, then stop. Now unravel this one joint region at a time, re-neutralize the spine, pull the chest forward and up. Then unravel the hip, unravel the knee, and you can reach your arms forward and up for overhead. bring your arms back down to where you started by your sides. All right. Now put them all together. Arms overhead, forward and up, just like you would do them for down And then fold forward and down from the hip from the knee lastly the spine. Hands can go to the blocks. And then for the halfway up part of this that usually comes here, just unravel the spine solely. If it's rounded, just pull the torso forward and up until the spine and neck neutralize. And then you can fold yourself back down again. And then from there, unravel the spine, unravel the hip and knee, and reach your arms forward and up overhead. Go as slowly as you need. Breathe where you feel inclined to. Stand all the way up, good. And then, eventually, arms back down to your sides. And then again, arms forward and up eventually. You can also play with sideways and up if you want. And then forward and down, fold it on over at your own pace. Once you fold it all the way over, eventually it'll be just unravel the spine for a beat. Work the upper back muscles, back the neck to do it, and then work the front line, fold yourself over again. And then eventually you unravel all the joints, reach the arms up overhead, and end up back at the top. And back to the beginning, and do that a few times, it would be considered a half sun salutation. Now there's doing it and just flowing through the motions and going really fast, and there's also paying attention to what you're doing and letting yourself build the movements one at a time learning the choreography slowly, but more so just to give yourself something to pay attention to and to be skillful around. Now, if you find something counterproductive in terms of pain, then take that portion of the events out or adapt it. You want to hold any of these shapes at any given time, go ahead, have a little exploration, very rigid up to this point, what it would be like to be a little bit more free to explore. had enough of those, you make your way down to a kneeling shape or to a child's pose type shape and just take a moment. Remember the props are there. You put them under your feet. You can put them underneath your bones. So what from the outside may not look like a tremendous amount of work can be an incredible amount of work on the inside. Just comparing and contrasting all of that effort with doing a little bit less at least in terms of physical exertion for a moment, letting the breath be where you place your attention. ready make your way up to an all fours position. Once you're in all fours, if at any point you want the blocks under your hands when we're doing this, you're welcome to grab them. Start with just knees under your hips for now. Position your hands the distance apart once you rotate the biceps fairly straight forward turning from the shoulder You can take the hands however wide and however turned out you need to get the elbows to shoulder distance Or let's take those hands a little wider. There you go And you probably don't have to turn them out quite that much a little more than that go about eight more degrees out. Yep now, the elbows are straight in position. You can spread the fingers to whatever degree makes your hands feel anchored. So press the hands down into the floor and do that by thinking about pulling the heel of the hand down by the wrist up away from the floor. And then go up into the upper arms. Now, the elbows are straight in position. Bend them slightly. And as you bend them, fight like you were trying to keep them straight. Find the biceps. And then straighten the elbows out in position and straighten them a lot until you find the tricep, the back of the arm. Now let all that start to fight, the forearm, front and back of the upper arm, neutralize the neck. Find the sides of the hips, the inside edge of the thighs, the sides of the waist, stabilize there. Now you can play with taking one leg back behind you with the foot on the floor flipped over like a plank foot. and Stabilize that leg once the knee is straight. And once you have that, you can decide. Stabilize the waist, the arms, the legs. Maybe you just stay with one knee down, or maybe you take the other leg up to meet it. If You're going to keep one knee down, one leg up. Then at a certain point, switch legs when you feel you've worked with this right side enough. Now this is just like standing with your arms outstretched in front of you, like when you were standing up. So can you find back of head, upper back, back of pelvis to neutralize those portions? Gravity makes this a lot harder is the thing. If you're doing one leg at a time, you switch legs when you're ready. If you're doing both legs at the same time, if there's pain in the wrists, the shoulders, the elbows, the lower back, somewhere that's counterproductive, get out of it. And when you feel like, oh, I've done enough of this, it would be a wise time to exit, then drop down and take a break. Make your way back to child's pose or stay in the all-fours position. Whatever you want. So where are the muscles that stabilize the legs, the waist, the arms? You can play with coming in and out of this plank shape a few times. Now at a certain point, if you want to play with the idea of what would it be like to work the back line of the leg a little more, you could pick one foot up off the floor a tiny bit without the knee bending, so just maybe hovering it a quarter of an inch or so. Without the spine changing. Forgetting about the arms. Sometimes the hard work, the uncomfortable work, is the doing of the pose. Sometimes it's not doing it. Sometimes it's the time to take a break or to modify or to change. Perhaps there's pain or it's just not a day for that. A couple of versions of plank. As you lift a leg up, you notice that the knee likes to bend an awful lot when you do that. So like to keep the knee straight, like when you were lying down on your back, learning how to fold and unfold the hip without the knee being impacted. If it's bothering your wrists, by you buy a wedge or move your hands forward of your wrists a little bit, or of your shoulders a little bit. And before I go a little wider and a little more turned out. How's that? Mm-hmm. Now, eventually you take a rest and you're going to start to play with the idea of what's it like to go from plank to down dog. So that's just like standing and reaching the arms overhead and the shoulders. And it's just like folding to that chair pose in the hip and the knee, just combining the two together to stabilize either all fours or plank and then to start to push the floor away fold the hip fold the knee and let the arms travel up and overhead towards the ears and again if you want to put blocks under your hands at any point or blanket under your heels back there go ahead Spine would go from constructive rest-shaped spine for you to tadasana-shaped spine. Or you might want to turn your hands and your blocks out a few degrees. Same idea. Same width, same turnout. And when you have a wedge, it's so much easier. But start there. Yeah, great. I'll, I can put one up. Okay. So down dog. Tremendous upper body work. Work to stabilize the trunk. Work in the legs. The knees being straight is inconsequential. The heels getting down is inconsequential. The idea would be to stabilize the lower leg, the upper leg, the hip, the waist, the shoulders, the forearms. To go in and out. Now you can rock back and forth between down dog and all fours. You can also just come down and set the whole thing up. Or you can skip it entirely and Decide you've had enough of that and be in child's pose or always flip over onto your back into constructive rest and find the breath as the focal point rather than the muscles involved in doing a posture. And if you're far enough away from something that's behind you, the wall, you can always play with being in down dog and taking one foot back behind you, straightening the knee all the way out, and then lifting the leg up away from the floor. Be something like a warrior three with your hands on the floor. And try turning your hands out a little bit, just as an experiment. That'll deal with your carrying angle some, and sliding. Well, it's also it's turning your shoulders in. And, ah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you have the hands turned in, it moves the shoulder internally as well. done with the down dog plank shapes eventually make your way onto your belly you can take a blanket and put under your hip crease in that little mini roll if you like or you can just lie down on your abdomen you can also lie down with a bolster underneath your torso if you'd like that as well and do it lengthwise from hip all the way through chest and scooch that away from the wall or just enough so you'll be able to get your feet up off the ground. Just uh, the bolster, move it towards the middle of the room a bit. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So work the front line a tremendous amount so far. Now we'll work the back line some. So we'll start by... Straightening the knees out, fire the muscles of the backs of the legs, or the fronts of the legs. And then work the muscles of the backs of the legs. Squeeze the glutes, squeeze the hamstring, or you could try doing one leg at a time up on there. Get the back line of the leg to fire. And you can lift the legs up and down. If being down on the ground is making the lower back feel weird, instead of getting the back line of the legs to work, then you can consider putting... Bolster the long way under your torsos. The legs are hanging off the back of it. You can also start to play with, doing one leg at a time with the knee bent. Bend the knee and pulse the knee away from the ground. Find the glute hamstring the other side you try both of them at the same time but all the muscles that were releasing or at least the volume was turning down on to do all the forward folds sure they brought you out of the forward fold but here asking them to work in a bigger way there's pain in the groin or the lower back, the SI joints, back of pelvis, those are all places to stay away from. Eventually when you're done working the legs, again there's no rush for this, you can take the legs onto the ground and anchor them and begin with the upper body. If you're on the bolster or propped up and scoot yourself forward so your chest and head or just barely hanging off the front edge. And you can anchor the feet like plank feet or plank legs, you can leave if you're down on your belly then flipped like up dog feet and toenails on the floor. And then you can do arms out to the side like a T, or you can take them alongside of you with the palms down. Or you can interlace them gently behind your head, not allow them to impact the neck, though. And start to lift the chest and head up away from the floor and hover. You get the back line of the upper body, the neck, the shoulders, the backs of the arms to lift up, the legs to stay anchored. The higher you lift the elbows away from the floor, the arms away from the floor, the more the musculature around the shoulder blades will work. Take your hands a little wider. or Yeah, now, squeeze your shoulder blades. Down. There we go. You can go up and down, or you can come up and hold statically. Eventually, you could start to move the legs as well if you wanted. You can call this a version of Up Dog, Cobra. Bow pose where you grab your ankles. If you bent your knees, it'd be a belly version of camel. A lot harder because you're fighting gravity instead of allowing it to dredge you down to the floor. (laughs) Flying Superman. Again, pain is counterproductive. Pain would be in your joints, including your spine. Feel done with the backpend portion of this, you can flip over onto your back and again there's no rush. once you're down on your back, bring your feet fairly close together, if not all the way together this time. Just a few more muscles to consider working. Take the knees a little bit wider, let the legs turn out, you can roll onto the outside edge of the feet a bit and scooch the feet a little closer together at that point if you'd like. And then just pushing the outer edge of the feet into the floor, you can squeeze the glutes the muscles that turn and widen the legs or bring your feet a little closer together and then let the knees widen. There you go. Now squeeze the glutes. Now you can pulse, letting the muscles that turn the leg turn on. You could also pick up and hold a tiny bit. If it hurts the groin, the knees, the lower back, then adapt the leg shape. You don't have to pick up or go very far for this. We were working the muscles that extended the hip, similar muscle group that turns the hip. You can pulse in and out, and at a certain point, if you want to just let the legs droop down, you take your blocks or your blankets and prop the legs away from the floor on either side under the thigh and the knee. Put the arms wherever you like. Let the mind travel back to the breath. Knowing the body's in a shape that potentially could emit a pain signal in the knee or the groin or the lower back, ankle, eventually, if that's the case, adapt the shape at any time. plenty of work, now more passive, rest, so to speak. Come to stay in this shape, or if you would like to make your way to any other final resting shape, you can always change this, prop yourself, do constructive rest, the legs up on a chair, whatever you'd like. just one final resting place for a few more moments. Feel so ready to breathe perhaps more deeply or to move your body a little bit at a time. And start to do that. And feel free to stretch the legs out, to reach the arms over. Do whatever you need to do. when you're ready, taking your time, get yourself back up to seated, however you'd like and in whatever position you'd like. moment just in that seated position just to find the breath, your own body to expand out from there perhaps, out to the room, out to sounds outside of here. Thank you all. Namaste.